Y'all go ahead and be seated. If you would, uh, take your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll be in uh, chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 7 through 16 in just a minute. But before I do that, I just want to give, as you're getting to it, I want to give a quick recap. We're, we're doing this series called Witnesses, and it's really about the church. It's about the local church, what it is in Scripture, what Scripture tells us we should be as a church. And I want to give a recap for the last couple of weeks. because it's, it's actually a very important series. Uh, I've told you all this. You know, I don't know if it's like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how you receive it, but in terms of like, for us as a church, it's a, it's a very important series. As we're building the scaffolding uh, over the outside, the exterior of the property, this is like the inner scaffolding of the church this series is talking about. We talked about story the first week, that you have a story, which becomes our story as a church, which we hope that you see as Jesus' story. Second week, we talked about conflict. It does happen in a church. The Bible talks a lot about how to deal with conflict. We laid that out. Week three, we talked about eldership as we moved to an elder-led church. And then we talked about membership. And I'm going to tie that in today, actually kind of a part two on membership. And then next week, we're going to close with a talk on covenant. And I'm going to ask you all whether you have joined before. If you have, I'm going to say, let's all renew our covenant. I mean, you're going to have a, a written document. And if you haven't joined yet, this is a... A wonderful time to join, and what that means is to covenant together. I'll flesh that out next week, and then we're going to have two Wednesday nights in January. We're basically going to kind of go over this whole series again. So you're like, well, why are you preaching it? Well, anyway, it, it's football season, and it's important, and this is like inner scaffolding of the church, and I do want to hit it. It's, it's, it's important for us in who we are and who we will be. So Ephesians 4, continue talking about membership Starting verse 7, let's read together. But each one of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro And blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Okay, I want to start... And real quick today, try to answer from this passage three simple questions. The questions would be, first, why join? Why join this church? Why join any church? Second, who are you? Like, 
Who are you to yourself? Who do you think you are? And then who are we? Who are we as a church? So first, and these questions should be laid out up on screen. First, why join? And there's going to be some scripture underneath it, verse 7 and 8. But why would you join a church? Well, first off, thinking about why generally people join, multiple reasons. Often it's relationships. Hey, I got friends here. Hey, you know, I kind of like this community. Hey, I like my group. It's very relational driven. And, and hey, it's okay. I mean, a lot of times those relationships are parlayed into like, you know, business or social or supper club. That's cool. It's relational. We, we dig community. Wonderful. Sometimes people join because of programs. Great family program, great youth program, great missions program. Sometimes they join for teaching. Sometimes they join for worship. There, there are multiple reasons that people join. But I think if you had to just bottom line it all, people join a church. And why you should join a church, it's one word. Home. To have a home. To find a home. You say, yeah, I know, I know. Because we say, this is my church home. Many at Bell say, this is my church home. And that's, that's great. That's great. We all need home. And, and I would contest that your local church is, should be, from Scripture, the most important home this side of heaven. On the, uh, on the flight back from India, like a week from the day, we're in the air, and it was like 15 hours, so I watched Saving Private Ryan, intense movie to watch on a plane, I might add. I'd seen it before, but it was Veterans Day. But something triggered as I was watching it. The soldiers kept talking about home, wanting to go home. And often there was this idea of home. You know, it was a, a spouse, it was a family, it was a farm, it was, it was home. And they were just, Tom Hanks was saying, you know, if I do this mission, you know, whatever it takes to get me home. And I... I would hope and pray that you would look at your church as your home, but not just as you may have thought about it. Like, you know, yeah, it's my home. It's my church home. No, I really believe church, and this is where I want to key into Scripture, verse 7. Verse 7 is a simple verse. It says, each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. This place should be like your, your, your home in Christ where you experience the grace of Christ more and more at the most here. Whether it's at Bellwether or another church. And you're like, I don't really get that. Well, maybe you're looking at Bellwether or maybe you're looking at your church home in in a different way. But church, biblically speaking, the way Paul was writing to this church in Ephesus was that it was like the most important home this side of heaven. And where the grace that was given by Jesus Grace meaning that we're saved first. Grace that we grow in Christ through one another. We talked about that two weeks ago. In sanctification, in mission, in like discipleship. All those things happen in a local church, in your home. This is your home, this side of heaven. This is where you experience to the fullest the grace of Christ. Sometimes maybe in conflict. Sometimes maybe in challenges. But there's joy. There's mahima. There's glory in your church. It's It's home. Then verse 8, he goes on. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity a captive, and he gave gifts to his people. You join because this is your home. It's not your eternal home, not your heavenly home, but this is home. 
But then also church should be the place where you find, where you discover who God has literally like made you, wired you, created you to be. You discover your gifts. You discover your Christian gifts. And when I say Christian gifts, that means your, your real gifts. And like, you may have gifts like, you know, I, I don't know, you know, great baseball player, you know, I wish, or, or great, you know, whatever. But how God has gifted you, and he's gifted all of you. And if you're in Christ, if you're saved, then you've got a gift. And you discover those most in your home, in a local church. So why join? Because it's home. Why join? Because you'll discover who you were meant to be in Christ. So that goes to our second question. Who are you? So I'd, I'd ask, like, who do you... Like, if I just ask you, you know, who are you, what would you say? Who do you think you are? You might say, well, you know, I'm, I'm husband too, or I'm, I'm wife too, or I'm dad too, or I'm mother too. Or it may be career-oriented. I'm, you know, entrepreneur, or I'm politician, or I'm, you know, doctor, lawyer. You know, what, you may... How do you define yourself? In church, you discover who you are, who God has meant for you to be. You discover in church, in a local church here, Bellwether, or in another church, how God's wired you, how he has gifted you. And Paul lays out five very broad gifts that if you're a Christian, you at least have one of these gifts, maybe more. But he says, verse 11, the gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. And y'all may be sitting out there, and you read that, and you're like, oh yeah, that's you up on stage, or that's you, worship leader, or that's you, missionary. No, that's you if you're a Christian, if you have Christ in you. You're one of those guys or gals. Those, now, those are five broad gifts, but let me flesh those out, what he means by that, okay? Apostle. It's like an overseer. It's a gift of administration, of leadership. You can manage people well. You can connect dots well. Prophet. That doesn't mean like what you might think of is, you know, exhortation and, and, you know, preaching to thousands or being prophetic. Sometimes it may mean speaking a hard truth in love. Sometimes it may mean the gift of discernment, that you see things. And some of you, many of you have that gift. That you see things in people, a prophet, evangelist. That is, you know, do you have a heart? I mean, some of y'all, and I know this, some of y'all like really are burdened by people who don't know Christ. And some of y'all are very comfortable, have a gift, a literal gift, at hanging out with non-Christians. Now let me, hold on, that does not mean, oh yeah man, I love that. I I love hanging at the bar. I I love hanging out, you know, at this point. Yeah, I'm real comfortable. I got the gift of evangelism. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got the gift of evangelism with my cigarette. You know, no, okay? That's not what we're talking about here. It's not like you like that lifestyle. It's that you have a heart and you can relate. You have a gift of relating to people who don't know Christ or who may be far from Christ. It's a gift. Evangelism. Teaching is a gift. That doesn't mean like you're sitting up with a class or teaching us. It means you can connect dots in Scripture. And you say, no, no, this really means this. No, this practically fleshed out in your life, this this means this. You have a gift of teaching. And then pastoring. And you say, I'm not called to be pastor. It's not what it means. It means like more pastoral care. Like you have this heart and you can love on people and you can shepherd and you can, I don't know, you can just... When they need a kind word, I mean, you know exactly, you have a gift. It's a pastoral gift. 
me say this. Once you're saved, once your heart is regenerated, you got at least one of those five. Often it's, I call them like major, minor, you know, like in college. Sometimes you'll have a major and a minor gift. Some of y'all might have a double major, you know, and you have two really strong ones. You have a double major and a minor. It, it's very rare if you got, you know, like quadruple major or something like that. But all y'all at least got one major and probably a minor too. So who are you? Y'all are apostles if you're in Christ. Some of you are prophets. Some of you are evangelists. Some of you are teachers. Some of you are pastors when you're in Christ. And you discover that in a local church context. Why are we that way? Paul lays it out. Verse 12, to equip these saints. Saints doesn't mean like St. Mark, St. Matthew. Saint Saint means Christian, believer. Equip the saints for the works... And we've preached on this verse a lot. Works meaning ergon, like simple service. Like, hey man, I'll I'll serve the Kool-Aid. To equip the saints for work of ministry. Just simple service. What's the result? Look at this. What's the result? Building up the church. Unity. Not divisiveness. Knowledge. God gave us our minds for a reason. To know. To learn. Maturity. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. For the ergon, simple service for unity, building up of knowledge for maturity. That's what we are to do as a local church, whether at Bellwether or whether somewhere else. That's what God's wired the church. Home, discover who you are. Real quick caveat. There are three pitfalls people can fall into on this. And actually, Paul, as he does, he fleshes it out. Verse 14 He says, we must no longer be children tossed to and fro, blown about by every wind of doctrine, people's trickery by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Some pitfalls you can fall into. First, when you start talking about gifts, you make it all about you. Like, hey, I am called. Hey, I am anointed. Hey, it ain't about us. It ain't about me. It ain't about you. The truth of the matter is, God doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need any of us as individuals. God blesses us and God honors us to be part of what he's doing. And we should humble ourselves to say, it ain't about me, it's about Jesus. But we can, this pitfall we can fall into about, you know, it's about my call, I'm a prophet. It's about my call, it's great. I hope you don't go there, but it's easy to. It's easy to. See it all the time. My call, my anointing, my, my, and it's not you, it's the church. It's Jesus' church. God doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. God would take care of Bellwether without me. God would take care, but he invites us to be part of what he's doing. Another pitfall is you think, oh, i got to discern, i got to think about, i got to find my calling. we got to look inward, look into the heart. No, look out, and you'll find your call. Look out to Jackson or to India or, to, or wherever. Look out to your neighbor. I read this book while I was in India, and it said, you know what's so fascinating? I, I never thought about this. Every other religion besides Christianity... Every painting of like a mystic or a saint in another religion, the eyes are closed and they're looking inward. Hindu, Muslim, it's like, you know, the answer is within yourself. And honestly, a lot of like, you know, pseudo-religion or even pseudo, they just put a stamp of Christianity. It's like, hey, the answer is in your heart. That's not Christianity. The, The answer is not in our heart. Every painting of a Christian saint, eyes open, Looking out, looking out into the world. Christianity 
is about not what is inside us. It's about what Jesus has done and he enters into us. What is the cross? The cross reaches out. Christianity is about going out. It's not about looking in. So my, what I'd say to y'all is if you want to discover your gift, look out. Serve. Serve here. Serve in Jackson. Serve overseas. God will start showing and revealing how he's gifted you. Third question, closing, is who are we? Who are we? Why join? Who are you? Who are we? And I would, I would ask that. I ask that of myself as pastor. I ask that of our staff. I'd ask that of y'all as if this is where you call home or if it's like, man, God is leading me to be here. Who are we? Who are we to be? Paul spells it out. We are to be people who speak truth in love. Verse 15. People who say the head is Jesus. Jesus at the top of the org chart. It's not the pastor. It's not even the elder team. The head is Jesus. Who are we to be? A body knit together. That we are connected. We are supernaturally connected as a body. Knit together. And that works properly. Every ligament which is equipped. Working properly. Promoting the health of the body. Building itself up in love. Who are we? We're people that speak truth in love. We're people that say, Jesus is ahead. He's the top of the org chart. We're connected. I mean, if you, if you say, man, I, I'm joining, and next week you get a covenant, you say, man, I, I'm down. Or next year you say, I'm down. We're, we're knit together for a body, and that builds one another up, encourages one for growth in love. That's who we're to be. That's who the church is to be. That's who Bellwether is going to be. I'd close just real quickly with this. You know, I was talking to somebody this week, and it was another new church. Uh, it was not around here. It was a buddy. But, you know, he was saying, you know, over and over again, you know, man, God's in this. God's doing this. You know, I could just, man, God's hand is in this. God's doing this. God's... And it was almost like, you know, he was trying to convince himself that, you know, God, God's in this. And I have always, probably to a detriment, kind of refrain from it. You know, God's doing it. God's in this. God's in this. Because I always say, man, if God's doing it, it's evident. You don't need me saying it. You don't need others saying it. Like, it's clear. God's in it. And, you know, sometimes we can even try to convince ourselves in our own lives. Like, you know, God's in this. How I'm being a prophet or a teacher or, you know. But I do say this for us. At Bellwether, if you and if y'all are visiting, love you, man, glad you're here. But if this is this is home, and for many of you here, it's home. God is in this. It's been six years. There have been joys. There's been glory. There've been challenges. But God has done something. He's doing something, and He will do something. And I do pray before next week, and you're going to receive this covenant, and you don't have to. You know, you don't have to do anything then. I mean, just take it, pray about it, pray over it. But I, I do ask of y'all to say, man, God, is this, is this home? Is this where you want me to plant? And then if that is, you know, ask yourself, you know, how have you gifted me to serve this church and then serve out in the world? Because that's what we're to do. We're to gather and love one another, be knitted together, 
and scatter into the world, into Jackson, all over the world, and use our gifts for his big church, capital C Church, his kingdom. I prayed with a, a man who loves Bellwether. He's not a member here. He is a, an elder. He's a mentor. prayed with him this week. And Man, I, I've never said this, and, but he said in the prayers, like, dear God, I just know this church is going to be a beacon on this little hill. And I love that. A beacon on a hill. On our little hill, on God's little hill, a beacon. A beacon for the light of Christ. God is in this. He's doing this. It's to his glory. May we be his church. May you find your home here. But more so, just how God has made you to be to serve him here. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your church. Thank you for what you've done here at Bellwether. Thank you for what you will do. May we be your people. May we discover how you have gifted us for your kingdom. And I pray that we be more and more of your church in Scripture. A beacon on that hill for this city, for the world. Most of all for Jesus. In his name, amen.